Well, I too want to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. It is good to be here this morning, and it is good to be back from Grenada. We spent two weeks there in Grenada, and yes, we are experiencing climate shock. It is very cold back here in comparison to the, it was often in the, uh, at least in the real feel, in, in the 90s. Uh, yeah, we... A big part of our hearts is in Grenada because of the many, many people that we have made friends with and, and love very much. But I can honestly say it feels so good to be with my church family here at Waterworks. We did have a very good trip, very full trip, very intense trip. Uh, you may or may not have heard that Zach family and Nate's family and Joyce and I were rolling to the airport, uh, New York City, JFK, in the wee hours of the morning, somewhere around 1, 2 a.m., and Katura was riding with Joyce and I, and all of a sudden she vomited. And the next few days, uh, and she, she actually got very sick, actually probably still, re still recovering, but we had two days scheduled, kind of free time before the Youth Bible Institute started, and unfortunately, they turned into uh, nursing sick children days and just couldn't do too much. But we had a, a good, good week up at the Bible Institute. Zach and I each had 10 sessions, and uh, it was a bit stretching, but uh, Probably one of the highlights was you may know of Conhai uh, and Andrea. He is the Laura. He is the uh, pastor at the Laura Church. His uh, his oldest son Kieran, which was actually born the day before Joyce and I moved or our family moved back in 2003. So we have a very uh, close connection with with that family, and him coming to to me after the Youth Bible Institute and saying that this week was what I really, really needed in my spiritual life. So that was a, a tremendous highlight. Uh, spending time with Alana was special as well. Christmas caroling in the 90 degree weather. Can you imagine that? No need for hot chocolate when we're done. Uh, anyway, other things, just hearing the, the heartbeat of the, the staff was, was, was a blessing. But we missed you all and it's good to be here. I would like you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter seven. I would like to focus in on one one word, perhaps, in, for a, a Christmas meditation devotional. When it comes to Christmas, there is so many themes. We could go through Luke chapter 2. We could go through Matthew chapter 1. We could uh, pull various other aspects of the incarnation uh, from the scripture. But I'd like to just kind of focus on, on one word, Isaiah chapter 7. And verse 14, this is 700 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. If there's one word that i just like to highlight, underscore, and repeat, it is the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
I read a story. You can find several versions of this story uh, at various places. I think the Daily Bread, uh, that's where I actually read it. And I think they published it a few years ago. I think it is attributed to Paul Harvey way back in the day. He was a approach, or he was a directing a, a narrative to cynics and skeptics, but I don't think it was original with him. I'm not even sure if we know where, who gets the credit for it, but the story goes something like this. I'm gonna just paraphrase it just a little bit. Maybe you heard it, the man and the birds. So there was, uh, the man that's the character of the story was a good man. I mean, he was a decent man, generous to his family. He was upright in his dealings with other men, but he just didn't believe in all the incarnation stuff that centered around Christmas, the Christmas story. He just couldn't swallow it. He couldn't swallow God coming to earth and becoming a man born of a virgin. So, their family always had a practice of going to the church on church service on Christmas Eve. He told his wife, he said, I'm sorry to distress you, but I'm not going to church with you this Christmas Eve. I would feel kind of like a hypocrite if I did. I'm staying home. I will wait up for you. They left. He pulled up the chair by the fireside and read his newspaper. By the way, it was snowing heavy. Started out flurrying and it just snowed and snowed and it just became a, basically a whiteout. And as he was reading his newspaper by the fire, he heard a thud. And he was trying to figure out what it was and another one and again. He said, is somebody throwing snowballs at my window? So he investigates. He discovered a flock of birds were huddled right outside his door and they were in a miserable plight because they got caught in this snowstorm in desperate search of shelter. So they were trying to fly through his uh, large landscape window, thus the sound. Well, he just couldn't let the poor creatures just lie there and freeze. Ah, my barn, my barn where the pony is. It's warm in there, there's shelter. So he goes outside, puts on a coat and boots and goes outside into the deepening snow and opens the door wide and turns the light on so the birds would know the way in. But the, word, but the birds didn't go in. Ah, oh, I'll entice them in with food. So he goes into the house and gets some breadcrumbs and, and uh, makes a little trail to the barn, sprinkling them on the snow. And, but his, to his dismay, they ignored the breadcrumbs. And the birds continue to flap around helplessly in the snow. So he tried to catch a few. He thought maybe he catches one, takes it into the barn. He could, they, they were afraid of him. He tried shooing them into the barn, but they went in every single direction other than the warm lit barn. And that's when I rea he realized that they were afraid of him. There was fear. There was fear of him. 
So he stood there trying to figure out, okay, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way that they can trust me. If only I could let them know that I'm not trying to hurt them. I am trying to help them. And then he thought, if only I could become a bird. If I could become a bird, I could mingle with them. I could speak their language. I could tell them not to be afraid. I could show them the way to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they can see and hear and understand. And thus were his thoughts as he stood outside with the birds. And at that very moment, the church bells began to ring and the sound reached his ears that were above the, above the wind and it was to the tune of, O come all ye faithful, O come let us adore him, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, come let us adore him. And the end of the story, he fell to his knees. Just a story that apparently was directed at skeptics and cynics and so on. And I know that's not the case here this morning. I, 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 I am convinced that we believe. We believe that what we read in the Sunday school lesson, the word became flesh. John said, he, we dwelt. We dwelt with him. We beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. I trust that that is a reality that is embedded in your heart that you will just wonder at this Christmas season. Emmanuel, God with us. He became one of us. In fact, Hebrews says it behooved him that he would be made like unto his brethren. He just, in other words, he wanted to be like you and me. He wanted to feel like we feel. He wanted to experience what we experience so that he could be a merciful high priest standing in our place. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, that's in Isaiah 7. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, probably about one page forward in your Bible, uh, we're going over Isaiah 8, which is a bit of doom and gloom. And then in chapter 9, a bit of the doom and gloom continues the, the, until you get to verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of shadow of death, upon them that the light shine. And by the way, we can look back into this prophetic scripture, and if we lived there in their day, I wonder if we would have had a clue what Isaiah or God was breathing through to us through Isaiah about the glorious time to come when Emmanuel. The Son of God will come. I wonder if I would have missed it. I wonder if you would have missed it because they were so uh, uh, encompassed about the plight of, of, their, of, of their nation, if you will. So drop down with me to verse 6. Here again is a prophetic scripture about Jesus. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. 
and the government shall be on his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. I wonder if we get it. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So, uh, now we're back to Emmanuel, God with us. I wonder if this... Uh, actually 24-7, 365 days a year, our life, I wonder if we get it. But let's, let's zero into the Christmas season where it was already uh, alluded to that there are so many distractions. To I'm convinced from when I was a child till now that distractions for the real meaning of Christmas have times 10. So it's challenging. It's really challenging to have a Christ-centered Christmas, if you will. So let's come back to this. Uh, his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I would like to just bring Emmanuel into, that, into those names. Uh, this is, I see at least four prophetic metaphors in the verse pointing ahead to Emmanuel, God with us. So, do you know Jesus as wonderful counselor? Now, uh, if you have King James, I, you'll have a comma between wonderful and counselor. And I'm totally okay with that. If you have ESV amplified, you probably won't have the comma there. It'll be wonderful counselor. I'm good with both. Uh, I'm good with saying Jesus, his name is wonderful, and make that a noun, because he, he truly is full of wonder. I'm totally okay with uh, that wonderful being an adjective as well, in, in the sense of he's not just a good counselor, he is wonderful counselor. Question, is he your counselor? Next question, do you have any decisions to make. Do you have any hard decisions in life? Do you, do, you need, do you need direction? Do you need guidance? Do you need the wisdom of God? Jesus is a wonderful counselor and he loves us. Emmanuel, do you believe that? Do you believe, Emmanuel, you're needing counsel. Ah, God with me. Jesus said, lo, I am what? With you. Oh, Emmanuel, counselor. I love it. Need counsel? Need direction? Need wisdom? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And this counselor uh, knows everything about you. You go to a counselor today and it, his his uh, in his or her input into your life is based on what you can say and sometimes what you can say is very slanted 
And this counselor knows everything, absolutely every single thing. Why do so few people use him? He's wonderful. He, he's the wonderful counselor. Secondly, four metaphors. First one, wonderful counselor, Emmanuel, with you. Second, a mighty God. There are times in life where we pray these God help me prayers. And I, I, that's okay. Because we need help. We need, maybe it's like, God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Maybe you feel like, you, like the children of Israel felt when they were uh, exiting Egypt, Egyptian army behind, and what? The Red Sea before them. There they were. Do you ever feel like that? I'm convinced that God has us there. God will have us there sometime. And that's when we, Emmanuel! He's with us, and he's mighty God. He's a miracle-working, miracle-performing God. Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, mighty God. Thirdly, uh, Emmanuel, everlasting father. You know, there are times when you, and I'm going to use the, the, the picture of a father giving comfort. Everlasting, always was, always will be. And this world knows so many uh, distorted pictures of fathers. The Heavenly Father is perfect, perfect. And he knows every need, and he is able to comfort. In fact, the Bible says he's the God of all comfort. So, and, and again, Emmanuel, not just theology, ever present with you. God with you. Emmanuel, everlasting Father. Do you need to make a decision? Do you need a miracle? Do you need comfort? Emmanuel. Finally, maybe some of us are just simply overwhelmed. Life's out of control. Ever feel like that? Ever feel like you're about going down Niagara Falls in a barrel? The Prince of Peace. He offers peace, true peace. Not as the world offers peace, he is peace. This peace is not the peace that's found in the absence of a storm. This peace is found in the midst of a storm because of the presence of Jesus, Emmanuel. I, this, this whole idea of Emmanuel, I think is something that we're, we're not holding on to and treasuring. God with us. Isaiah, Isaiah 7, 700 years before that silent night, the holy night, all was calm, all was bright. 700 years, Emmanuel, Isaiah, Isaiah said in Isaiah 7, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be Emmanuel. So I wonder if any of us are in the midst of a difficult decision, needing a miracle, needing comfort, maybe we're simply overwhelmed, Emmanuel.
God with us, his name shall, this Emmanuel, God with us, ever present, shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. I praise God. There's a song that goes something like this, maybe that encapsulates these four metaphors. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a way. Fast forward with me now 700 years. 700 years forward, okay? Galatians 4 verse 4 says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman born under the law. So the time was right. It was in God's time. Another thing that, that really hit me, you know, I don't know what the skeptics do with this. All of time is measured by four letters. You know that? BC stands for before Christ. So the year BC, I wonder what they do. It's just the way we, we, the world measures time before Christ. And then it's AD. I used to think it means after death, but it's actually two Latin words meaning anno domino, which means the year of our Lord. Anno meaning year, dom, dominion, like year of our Lord. So BC, AD, the fullness of time was come. And, and now something changes that even all the world, the world is going to measure time differently. And it's, maybe if I could say it like this, since we're talking about Emmanuel, now it's not, we go to God, to the tabernacle and the temple and so on, but God with us. There's a big difference. Uh, some people, I still think, have the mentality of going to Mecca or going to, to God. I'm, well, God with us. Emmanuel, he came to dwell with us. Even though he went to heaven and he's there by the right hand of the Father, he still says, lo, I am with you always. So now it's, now it's not going to, it's having him with Emmanuel. The social conditions were just right to facilitate the rapid spread of the gospel. But you know what's so unfortunate? We talked about this in Sunday school. Why did the Jews not receive him? because they, were, they probably had a different idea and they dif had a different agenda. They were, too gr they were grumbling about the political environment, which, by the way, was perfected for such a time as this. Yes, the, the era that God chose for Jesus to be born was an era called the Pax Romana, it was a, it was, which means Roman peace. God allowed an empire to rise up. His people were subject to, they grumbled about it, but it was so perfect. It was perfect. All roads lead to Rome. You heard that phrase? The, the road situation was so perfect for the gospel to go, to go out. Uh, there was so many other historical facts that was just, Perfect. So even though there is a, a political timeline of world history and a, a spiritual timeline of church history, uh, God's in charge of both. And God, just like God chose the Pax Romana and the Roman Empire 
and everything of the social climate to be just right for the time, I think nothing has changed and probably ever will change. I forget that. I wonder if some of us, some of us do as well. Uh, another thing that just happened is they, I'm told they just started this codex system. It used to be more scrolls, and now they just ha- were able to, to put pages together and bind them, and they had, had more of, of, a, of a book method. And so many things were ju- just the right time for the Gospels to be written and, and so on. So, again, Emmanuel... God with us. And just to close, I would like to read uh, Matthew chapter 1, just a few verses, and be refreshed in this beautiful story. Again, we're highlighting Emmanuel, God with us. There is too much to unpack in these verses, but I just want to read it because it's the Christmas story. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise, When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and now he's repeating what I just read to you in Isaiah 7, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and they shall bring forth a son, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and he and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Don't ever forget. You have a a decision to make. You need a miracle. You need comfort. You, what do you need? Emmanuel, and he's with you. He's here. Old Testament, no. He had had to go to the tabernacle, go to the priest, go into the temple. There he was, his presence was in the Holy of Holies. Priests would go there once a year. What changed? Emmanuel, God with us treasure it. Thank God for it. Make it the motto of Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Eve, and, and, and everything. And may everything else pale in light of Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's all stand and we'll have a closing prayer. And if you have a chorus or something to dismiss us with. Father, we come in Jesus' name. We're so blessed. You came to save us from our sins. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. And Lord, just the thought that you want to come and dwell with us, it behooved you to become like us so you can be the merciful high priest representing us so perfectly and compassionately, full of mercy, the balance of grace and truth. Lord, thank you. I pray, God, that each one of us will have Emmanuel, God with us, riveted so deep in our hearts that when we need counsel, comfort, a miracle, we will just love the fact that you're with us. So make us a blessing to other people. And Lord, make our Christmas gatherings and activities very special. Many of us will be with family. I pray that you will make each moment very special. In Jesus' name, 